Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Hello, listeners. This is Jenna from the future. Ooh. Um, I'm here to tell you that we had a little bit of a technical oopsie when recording this week. I could blame Holly. Um, and, I, you know, I am going to blame Holly because she's not here while I'm recording this, this little disclaimer, and she doesn't listen to the episodes. So she isn't going to know that this is happening. Uh, yeah, it's Holly's fault. So let's all blame her. Um, but yes, had a little had a little moment and we do not have another opportunity to record, unfortunately, so we can't redo it. And we really enjoyed recording this this episode. We had a really good time together. So uh, we are deciding to publish it regardless. So I apologize that the audio quality is not amazing. Um, hopefully you still enjoy it. If it if it sucks too much, just turn it off. Obviously, that's you know you can make your own decisions. You don't need me to, to give you permission for that, but you got it anyway. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are on, which today is the Ngunnawal people. We'd like to acknowledge and respect the continuing culture. And also to welcome uh, any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who might be listening. Today we have another episode of Turned On, our series where we are reviewing uh, and, well, not even reviewing, but just reacting having, to, reacting to yeah, having discussions about uh, media containing, portraying or discussing sex workers. Quick uh, trigger warning on this episode, we do talk a little bit about pedophilia and uh, people who book sex workers who maybe look and or act underage. So um, if that's not your bag, well, no. hopefully it's not your bag, Gee. but uh, if that uh, if that's likely to cause you any sort of distress, then please don't listen. Uh, this week we were doing Louis Theroux's uh, Louis and the Brothel, um, which was done in 2003. It probably was filmed in 2002-ish. Uh, so that's about 20 years ago now. I know. Shit, yeah. Flies. Oh, goodness. Isn't it shocking? <laughs> Uh, which uh, it definitely feels 20 years old watching it. In fact, it, it yep. feels longer. Um, it, there's a real vibe to it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you find it somewhere online. I don't know. I'm not the TV guide. Find it yourself. But uh, it's, it's, it's worth a watch, in my opinion, just for the – if only for the cultural uh, – what am I trying to for say? For the eyebrows. Watch for it the for eye- the eyebrows. The eyebrows are good. For the 2003 eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, it is a really fascinating look into the past, uh, however you feel about it. I do want to do like a little disclaimer here that um, uh, the sex worker community, there was a little bit of a furore a couple of years ago when Louis did um, a, a more recent episode about sex workers. And um, there were a lot of opinions on that. There were people involved who said that they felt that they had been exploited uh, and things like that. And um, I can't really speak to it. I can't remember it. I'd have to go over it all again, the, the details of, of what was really upsetting. And I haven't actually seen that and, and yeah. hadn't heard about it until Holly told me about it two days ago. So yeah. a bit out of the loop on that one. Yeah. So I, I uh, that's something that maybe eventually we will have a look at and discuss that episode and our, uh, the, the incident that happened at the time or the upset and uh, yeah. But um, I guess removing the this sort of opinions a lot of people have about Louis based on that episode and just taking this episode for what it was and what we watched the other day. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give you a bit of a breakdown about our thoughts. Yeah. 
All right. Um, firstly, this uh, series was filmed 20 years ago. As I said, attitudes at the time were very different. Um, that's a really broad thing to say. Obviously, each individual has different opinions, but culturally we are much more progressive these days, I find. Attitudes towards sex work tend to be a little bit more um, relaxed or open-minded, depending on where you are in the world. I'm talking, mm. you know, in Australia at least. Uh, but things like the P word uh, back then seemed to be used quite freely and casually. Um, doesn't seem to be much of an issue with it with a lot of people there. People, workers were using things, phrases like, you know, selling yourself or selling your body. I heard a lot of that during the series. And I think that is outdated now, but I also think some of it reflects upon the circumstances in which you find yourself. So if you're a sex worker who doesn't have a really strong community, who hasn't been educated in reducing stigma and and not internalizing whorephobia then you won't uh you won't know those things you don't know any different and i think even in however many years ago when i worked in a brothel i was having those attitudes and maybe using those terms so although i think we've moved forward from a lot of the language in this uh episode i think um you just you don't come into the industry knowing everything and knowing uh how those attitudes are ingrained within you so it's it's really hard to change attitudes that you don't know you have, basically. Of course. Um, and to be fair, when I first started watching it, um, I heard a few P words and I was like, whoa, here we go, because um, there was a few at the beginning um, and I started doing a tally because I was like, oh, this will be funny. Um, and so total disclaimer to anybody who was thinking about watching it, you will hear that word, but I only got to seven. Oh, wow. And I actually, so there was a few at the beginning and yep. then it wasn't used that much, mm, mm. which, so it's not great, but I think for 20 years ago, it actually wasn't, wasn't too no, bad. No, it wasn't maybe. too bad. Yeah. But I, I definitely noticed them. And I feel like these days when there's a portrayal of sex work, they do tr- tend to try not to use those sorts of things. No, so. some do. Correct. True okay. crime doesn't often do very well. Very, very <laughs> fair. Um, so now I'm going to just have a little bit of a chat about my views about the documentary as a whole. Stop reading ahead. Don't read ahead. You're not allowed to have the spoilers because then you won't have genuine reactions to my opinions. Okay. Okay. Everyone don't let her read behind my back while I'm talking. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for keeping an eye on it. Uh, so, and, and then I'll go over like a few of my opinions about the brothel in general and about the, the work environment. So in terms of the documentary, uh, I found that Louis expressing concerns about seeing an escort affecting his reputation or wanting someone to have sex with him because they like him and not because it's about money was really privileged and snooty mm-hmm. and it, it was just a really bad take. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, everyone wants people to have sex with them because they like them, but we don't all have that option at the time. We Not everybody has access to you know, people to have sex with. It's just not that simple. Um, and money is often spent in courtship. We've had this discussion before, you know, you know, just meet some, well, I mean, these days Tinder probably has made more accessible in that regard, but thinking that money must be exempt from all human relationships and, mm. um, and growing towards sex or courting somebody is, is a really strange take that, you know, it's, it's, it's all going to be like a snow white. You're going to kiss the prince and it's all, you know, sometimes, yeah, you will spend money to get sex, even if it's not that explicit. We've discussed that sort of thing on the show before, and we've disagreed a little bit about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that just sort of say, um, yeah, that that you only want people to have sex with you because they like you is is wild. If I – I mean, I would like people only to have sex with me because they think I'm the most amazing woman in the world, but that's not the way it is. People have sex with me for a bunch of reasons mm-hmm. because I'm available today, because my rates are X, because I'm a little – more enthusiastic than someone else, whatever it is. Like there's a multitude of reasons and they might not be the reasons that you want it to be for. So, um, yeah, great. Yeah. You can get it, get it. Go for I got to say, like, I, I don't really know much about Louis, right? Holly's seen all, yeah. all, everything. Or every single yeah. one. Yeah. I'm quite, yeah. And quite I don't fair. know much about him. Yeah. I found he came across as really smug and, uh, yeah, I did not enjoy the way that he came across in this. I should put a disclaimer, right? I don't love documentaries where the documentarian puts themselves in it. Mm. I'm like, who are you? What? I don't want to hear about you. I want to hear about these people. So that that's a total disclaimer because I'm already kind of offside when I see something like that. And so, I, I yeah, I found him a bit um, and I think that little conversation, I think it's right at the end, maybe even the credits are rolling, where they're having – She's he's speaking to Hayley. Mm. Is that her name? Hayley. Um, yeah. And – 
And she's saying, you know, and he keeps going, it's fake, isn't it? It's fake. And I thought she handled that conversation excellently. I loved what she said. But I just thought, like. And what she said was that, you know, his job is fake as well. You're a well, reporter. You, you know, yeah. there's fakeness in you your job. You want to talk about fakeness? Yeah, you work yeah. in the media. What are yeah. you fucking talking about? Yeah. Um, but, like, it just, it made me think, because we, we hear that from clients and we hear, and they go, it's fake. And, like, what are you, like, it's happening. Mm. What yeah, do you mean? Yeah, this is here. real. Yeah, you're here with me. We're making out. We're do- we're having a connection, and I think that like, uh, I, yeah, it's very interesting because to me, I'm like, well, I, I'm I'm real actually. I'm here and I'm connecting with you, and it's some almost insulting it when is. when people sort of go, um, oh, this is all fake, and I'm like, look, I might be. Um, doing things that I might not do if there wasn't money there or what, or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, sure. That's a factor, but, but I'm still a real person. You're a real person and we're having an experience together and there's fucking nothing fake about that. Like there's not, there's not many things more real than that, mm-hmm. you know? So I, yeah, I don't love that. Um, yeah, but do you say that when you go for a job interview? Do you yeah. say that when you interact with somebody at, at Donut King and you buy your milkshake yeah, and you're being polite? Yeah. Oh, you don't care. Person. Yeah. How are yeah. you? Oh, this is all fake. People, you fake all the time in life, and that doesn't mean yeah. that you're insincere. It means that you're trying to put across the best version of yourself and and make the people around you comfortable and have a nice time. Exactly. And and so yeah, which most of our clients are doing to us as well. Exactly. You're I mean, not going to come here with all of your um, terrible traits on show. Yeah. You want to do your best to put your best self forward. Mm. And is that fake? Is that, yeah, I just, mm. yeah, fake is, is a really yuck way. Yeah. All that I was not it. a fan of. Definitely. I was disappointed about him, uh, as I said before, discussing how it seeing an escort would affect his reputation in his job and all that sort mm. of stuff. And it's it just, it's a real phobia thing and a real stigma thing. And it's like, well, God, if you think seeing an escort is so detrimental to your reputation as a journalist, how do you think it is and how do you think that that's fair for the people who are doing this work? You think that their reputation is decimated by doing the job? Like they are so much lower than you because this is what they've taken as a career. Even if you book one, you think your reputation is screwed. How do you think that makes people feel Mm. who this is their career? I just think it was – a really shitty take, and I, but I feel like it's the prevailing view at the time, and yeah. that's where I'm going to sort of defend Louis here. I feel like the views that he expressed and the questions that he asked in this interview were coming from a place of the, the views at the time and the current perspective on sex work, and the questions that he wanted to ask or that he was asking were what he thought his viewers would want to know, the questions that they mm. would want to ask or the the prevailing um, narratives about sex work at the time and and exploring those. So I don't sort of begrudge him for that. I don't agree with a lot of the views of the time, but I feel like that was his way of exploring and challenging and uh, interacting with those views in a way that um, 20 years ago was not regularly seen on TV. So, uh, yeah, although I find – and I'm going to whinge a lot about things that were said in this episode, but I, I'm not sort of saying that he did a bad job. Um, I, I think, think that's fair. Yeah. I think the other what's tricky with a lot of this stuff is he's got these views on what, what a client of an escort is, right, and that's a huge element of stigma in the industry is the this perception of, of what a client is. And one of the issues with that is that we probably will go on to talk about this, but the clients that were shown in um, in this movie, docu- what is it? Is oh, it one documentary. documentary? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the clients that were shown, um, you know, were, well, I would not think were shining examples <laughs> of, of what, a, what an amazing client is. Um, they certainly weren't representative of, you know, kind of the median of our clients and the bulk of our clients. Um, I mean, obviously I can't, I've never worked in a brothel in Nevada, so I can't say what their normal clients are like, but the reality is, and this is the problem with all representation of so many things is the people that are in a position to speak out about it. And somebody who's comfortable going on a, a, you know, mainstream program and talking about regularly being a client of sex workers, um, showing their face, Mm -hmm. showing literally being filmed, taking the sex worker into the room, like really quite full on. It's a big ask. Huge. Um, You know, it is not necessarily like, you know, and I I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but somebody like a lot of the people who 
What, they're going to be outliers? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Mm. They are the outliers. I have read uh, his book uh, that Louis released a few years later when he went back and it, he sort of goes but into – you do love him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, <laughs> I did not know this. It's a complete collection, yeah. 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 Uh, he went back years later and, uh, and sort of looked up people and stuff and he was talking a little bit more deep about what happened and he said it was really hard to get people to agree. Yeah, um, of course it was. To appear on camera and of course it was. Yeah. But, yeah. Just a, a reminder, I guess, for people that are, are viewing it. Mm. Uh, yeah, the people that were agreeing, yeah, probably maybe were a little more eccentric individuals. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, so. yeah. But he's not helping that by saying, well, I would ruin my reputation. Yeah. You know, but I also understand and I, and I respect him for being honest about that. Yeah. But then I liked how she sort of responded and was like, yeah, well, discretion, which was her being like, babe, I've had more famous people than you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she was clearly like, yeah, well, obviously we're not going to splash it everywhere. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I feel like something I found really frustrating was that uh, Susan, we're going to talk about Susan. Susan was the the brothel owner. And I feel like she's convinced herself that she's a really nice person, Mm -hmm. that she's helping these girls and blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like she falls into the same traps that most brothel owners do. Yep, and they, they say. go in with these great intentions and genuinely Mm -hmm. they, they want to, I feel like a lot of people who start brothels, I'm going to say a lot of women who get involved with brothels, maybe controversially I'm going to say that, think that they're going to do this for the workers and this and this and this. And then you get caught in the, the stress of capitalism, I guess, and, you you know, bills have got to be paid and you maybe get a little bit less patient with people that are, have genuine um, genuine life problems and, and you get a little bit greedy and all of these things sort of uh, make for quite an ugly situation when money and vulnerable people are involved. Uh, yeah, it gets quite messy. And I just feel like Susan thought she was a good person, but there mm. were a lot of things that were happening in this episode that I found very uncomfortable and that made me really not like her. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if I can hold it against her cause I don't think she realizes how destructive some of her actions were. Hmm. Um, I found I was really frustrated. So Two things. I'll start with the first thing, Haley. Haley is the main sex worker who appears in this series, and she's quite um, she's quite lovable. I don't yes. know if you agree. Yeah. She's a real character, yeah. really vibrant, really raw, and obviously very hurt, um, very damaged and complex, uh, like a lot of humans are. Mm-hmm. I what I really hated was that Susan was disclosing a lot of really personal things yep. about Haley in front of the camera. So she obviously knew about some of Haley's trauma, some of the horrible things, some of Haley's substance abuse issues and things like that. Not only was I upset that she was disclosing it to a stranger mm-hmm. and just frankly telling Louis, but also disclosing it to a stranger that had a film crew with him who was going to put it out into the world. Um, and did it in a dramatic way. Yeah. Like you could tell she loved delivering. frothing. Yes. Trauma. So, yeah. yeah, okay, my notes on this yeah. are, so she says Haley doesn't want people to get close to her, so this bitch just announces it to the whole world. Mm. That's all I wrote about that. I was I really didn't like that at all. I felt really, really gross about it, and, um, and it made me really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, not impressed. I also didn't like during the series, this idea that Susan, uh, she was treated as if she was somehow a queen hookeress. Like she was more successful than any other Mm. worker because she got married to a rich man. And that was like the peak goal. And Louie would ask her things about sex work. Like she knew she was the, the all seeing eye of sex work and the expert. And sure, she might be the more experienced person there. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe she did it for two years and met this guy and offshore. I don't know about her her mm-hmm. experience in sex work and history and stuff. But there was this whole thing that she was sort of glorified a little bit because she married a client. And great, like I'm glad you found love. I'm glad you oh, started I didn't know a, business. a client. I yeah, missed that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, great for her. She started a life. She's done whatever. Uh, she wanted to do with her life. That's that's wonderful. But yeah, there was a sort of underlying um, feeling that somehow she was better because she wasn't a whore anymore. And I just and I think it's really important to remember, like, um, yeah, we don't know her history. Mm. And the thing with the sex industry, and particularly back in the day, pre-internet. Um, it's pretty – there's not much – you know, you don't have – like record keeping isn't great, people are working under different names, pseudonyms all over the place. Like 
it's it's easy for someone to say, I worked for this many years, mm, I gave true. this many gobbies, um, she got some award or whatever. I mean, we've talked about what we think about awards in the sex industry. I think yeah. they're fucking bullshit. Um, it's really it's very it's very difficult to prove a um uh, a record what your record is in, in the yeah. sex industry right like you're, we don't have resumes we don't like so uh, you know maybe she was maybe she was she's banged more people than anyone else who knows but uh, you know I feel like we've I've met a fair few brothel owners and receptionists who have said oh yeah I've done the you know yeah. I've, I've walked the boards or whatever and I'm like oh, all right have you not sure maybe yeah. I don't know yeah very uh not quite comfortable with her as a character, really. I feel, yeah, I felt that the real, you get a bit of a skin crawl with a lot of brothel owners. Mm-hmm. She gave me the brothel owner skin crawl. Um, Can I jump in please? and talk about yeah. um, when, I don't know if you've got notes on this, but, so, uh, sorry, yeah, viewers know we don't watch these things together and we like to come together and get reactions yeah. from each other. So, um, Louis, I don't remember all their names, but Louis, um, Decided to speak to her husband, mm-hmm. who uh, didn't Lance. love his vibes. To Lance, didn't love his vibes either. Brothel owner vibes, yeah. um, and but he's decided to broach the subject of Susan having been a worker and being celebrated for giving really good head. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, I wanted to punch Louis this entire scene because he was so. Oh, I just thought it was insufferable mm-hmm. the way he was so like. He was trying so hard to be this like, oh, but I'm British and we're talking about head. Like I was like, oh, my God, babe, it's fine. People suck cock. Like you're literally in a brothel, babe. And I thought, because, okay, the one show I've seen of his before or the two was the couple he did on Scientology. Mm. And, you know, he was going in there and he was saying to them like blah, 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 Scientology. And he wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, I better not say those words. And then him going in and speaking to people who work in a brothel and being so coy and so uncomfortable with the idea that this man's wife is good ahead, I was like, well, I fucking hope she's good ahead. Like, what are you talking about? I just thought he was so over the top and he was like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, like when you're going in to speak to a group of people about Scientology, you're like, that's their shtick. I find that really awkward and uncomfortable because I think that shit is crazy. Um, so I can understand that if somebody's coming into a brothel, they would find that awkward and uncomfortable because they find that shit crazy. But you have to accept that that's the world you're walking into. I, I understand what you're saying, but I also think you have to remember that there's 20 years between those two documentaries. And Louis was quite a new journalist at the time that he started doing right. the brothel. When he did the brothel one, he was this he was quite new to it all. That's yeah. one of his first specials. So. He didn't have as much experience at putting himself into situations that he was unfamiliar and uncomfortable with. Then he did, what, 50, 60 episodes of going and meeting up with subcultures that were uh, a little bit different, and he grew that. And So by the time he did the Scientology movie, uh, he was a lot more skilled at, at interacting with um, people that were from groups that he was not as comfortable with. There was he had done a lot of growth. Mm, in that's that. fine, and I'm not yeah. criticizing him as a journalist. I no, just no, found no. him fucking insufferable. Sure, and sure. I just thought it was so over the top and put okay. on. I feel like he genuinely was quite nervous and, and mm. uncomfortable, and um, I don't know if, from what I've read about his personal life that he'd had much. Um, he wasn't exactly a Lothario at the time. Yeah, but then maybe you shouldn't be walking into a brothel and making a documentary about it. I feel like it's what people wanted to see. Oh, well, I didn't. Mm. <laughs> uh, I uh, I really f- did find it upsetting, and I find it really off, and I don't think it would happen today. That Haley, uh, the the sex worker, uh, often was expressing that she didn't want to be on camera. Yeah. Um, she said many, many times that she didn't want to be filmed at certain, and I'm sure she agreed, and she signed her whatever you call it, her release. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, but when somebody says right now, I don't want to be on camera, I feel like that should be respected. She pulled her top down several times. She exposed her breasts to try and say, well, they won't film me with my boobs out. And I suppose what she was assuming was that they would what blur it or not, or cut that out. But not yet. But not only did they not stop filming, but then they published her nude breasts for everyone to see. And she had not consented to that as far as I know. I mean, maybe she did in the end, but uh, she was absolutely. But even if she signed something, I think it was really clear in that moment that she was not consenting to being filmed. Yes. 
And I, I don't, sure, legally, maybe they've got the, the documentation to say that she did consent, yeah. but ethically, I'm not so sold on it. And yeah, I found the whole thing, I found that really distasteful. I was like, are you serious? Turn the cameras off. Like, what are you doing? And again, I don't know, I don't remember what 20 years ago was like in that, in that regard, but yeah. there was some clear breaking of consent. Yeah. And I was like, can we not have that in a yeah. brothel setting? Because let's not. Yeah, I found that really unethical and really uncomfortable as well. Little tiny note, did you, the way they call it parties? I hate it's that. It's so weird. Okay, so party. for clarification, in Australia, the general kind of lingo for a booking where there's going to be drug taking happening, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm so clueless about this yeah. stuff, is a party booking. A yeah. party booking generally in our in our circles means that there will be drugs yeah. involved, yeah. right? So, like, when they first started talking about partying, I thought they were talking about drugs. Mm. And then it turned out that they just call their bookings parties. parties. I, and I was like, it's not a fucking party, yeah. babe. Yeah, I found that so weird. That's all. And that's not a criticism. No. We have our own lingo, and but I just thought it was funny. I hated it as well. I was like, parties? Just call it a booking. Never booking. A booking. Yeah. But, again, it's different circles. Like, they might find it really ridiculous that we, we say party for men drugs, you know. I mean, everyone's – every circle's got their own kind of lingo that happens. But I did think that it was a very realistic view of a brothel in a lot of ways. I feel mm-hmm. like they were going into the kitchen. I mean, this is obviously a really unusual brothel with a pool and a gym and all yeah. of that sort of stuff, sure. But I found that, yeah, seeing the girls in the – I shouldn't say girls, should I? We hate that. Seeing the women in the kitchen making coffees and seeing them sort of grumbling or leaning their head against a wall when they're, you know, with their eyes closed when they're bored and things like that Mm -hmm. were just really real. It wasn't the the glamorized, you know, but it also wasn't looking really deeply oppressed. It was just the mundanity of it all. Exactly. Just mundane. And, uh, and that was really, really cool. I felt like that was very real. The feeling of, um, yeah, some of it is sexy and fun and some of it is just work. Totally. Can we talk about humping Hank, is it time? I'm. I'm. Do you know what? I'm just about ready for that. Amazing. Let's do it. Okay, you warmed up enough. Ready. I am. We have four played. I am ready to be <sighs> humped. Oh shit! Not by. I'd rather not be. I don't want him. Hank humping me. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Look, he's fine, and I think we've all met clients like that. Mm. But him throwing her up against the wall in the hallway was so out of line. I was outrage yes i was so relieved when she later said i had to have talked to him because that's not on yeah and he was clearly showing off for the cameras mm-hmm. but i thought that was i yeah i was so upset i felt violated watching that which i know is very dramatic but i think that we've all experienced clients that that take things like that a little bit far yeah um and i just want to make it clear to anyone that's watching this that what he did was not okay yeah and that's not cool yeah not at all yeah Humping Hank was a very uncomfortable individual and I found him incredibly creepy. Uh, and I found a lot of the clients that ha- they were talking to the camera, would, I think were just talking shit and I yeah. just didn't believe a word they were saying. Agreed. So, um, but the – I'm so bad with their names. The worker who was with Hank. Yeah, Veronica. Veronica. I thought she was extraordinary. So oh. I – do you she had a, a whole speech on boundaries and it was amazing. Oh, she was so wonderful. She was really great. And something I love, I love, 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 love watching sex workers at work. And this is one of the reasons I love doubles mm. is watching some, and this is the thing, she was working that whole time while the, you know, the camera was on, on her and Hank, she was on her game. And I think I really enjoyed watching that because I don't, People, I don't think people realise all of the work that goes into being a sex worker beyond the sex. You know, we've talked about that before on the show. And just talking with a client, with a lot of clients, can be a lot of work. And that's not to say that it's that it's hard work, or, but she was, she was working. She was in character and she was doing her job. And I found that so – I was like, fuck, yeah, you are fucking good at this, babe. Mm. Like, you are smashing it. You're doing so well. You are earning that money. Mm. Um and then, but then Louis said something about he was like disturbed at how quick she could turn it on and off or whatever. Mm, yeah. And now Holly and Mr. Love and I last night, we were just looking through Holly's Louis collection and there was one on Broadway and Mr. Love and I were like, oh, let's watch that. And so we put that on sort of in the background and he spent this whole time watching these actors, these literal actors, and not once did he say, oh, I'm just really disturbed at how quick they can turn it on and off again because that, like, there was no judgment on that. 
you know, and I thought, well, what's the fucking problem with when a sex worker does it, you know? 100%. Yeah. And as you said, we all act in different parts of our life. We all switch on different personas. And Louis... You're being filmed. You can't tell me that he doesn't have a different look. Of course he does. Of course. Of course he puts up. So I just thought that was a bit gross, but I thought she was a legend. And then when we saw her speaking in the, in the kitchen or whatever, you could and and that I thought was a really great demonstration of she switched. You could tell she was no longer working, Mm. but she was still the same person. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's something that I try to get across to people that we have a work persona and a real persona, but they're the same person. Yeah. We're just like anyone else at work. You have your professional persona, you know. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So I loved that. Big fan. Yeah. She, then and she, she was gorgeous. She was <laughs> stupid. So attractive. beautiful. She was so stupid. beautiful. Yeah. I really liked her mouth. Yes. Oh, and she said she was quite. I think she said she was fairly new to it. Mm. And I was like, oh, babe, you know what? You're you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had a, a really big discussion about boundaries, and uh, and it was just so well said. And I, I don't, I didn't note anything down. But if you watch it, take note yeah. of, of her chat about boundaries because I found that was just very uh very forward thinking possibly mm. uh, yeah for the time I, yeah I, know, I wasn't a sex Great. worker i found her that was really refreshing yeah i enjoyed it yeah uh i took offense to the fact and when i say took offense i mean that very lightly because my offense is is generally pretty light mm-hmm. uh with louis suggesting that Haley should find a man. There were times when he was like, well, maybe you should meet someone and settle mm-hmm. down and playing into that narrative that that's the solution yeah. for a woman and that's yeah. her goal in life is to find a man and settle down. Especially after that. hearing the last time she yeah. did that, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like really? Yeah. Was that a better solution for her? Yeah, I don't think she needed <laughs> it. Uh, no. Any more of that sort of nonsense. So that annoyed me. Yeah, agreed. But I think that's because he wanted to settle down with her. He wanted to save her. I feel they like were. there was a there real was a, yeah, thing. Yeah. And I think it was quite sweet to yeah. watch and and misguided to watch. Yeah. I think both of them. But there was something, there was something, something strange. There. Yeah. Not necessarily strange, but something mm. there for sure. Um, why was she washing her hair in the sink? That was so strange. <laughs> like, do they not have showers in this brothel? That was the so first weird. thing I thought. I was like, wait, they don't have showers here. But then I was like, they live there, so they, they must. must. So strange. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that was. I mean, yeah. she must have not wanted to have a shower, but just washed her hair, I guess. But it seemed look so inconvenient. I mean, yeah, just do it in the shower. Not good for the like neck. Shower. Yeah. yeah. That was odd. Uh, I absolutely hate the pageant style of intros. Oh, my God, that's awful. Mm-hmm. I I understand there are lounges. You know, there's brothels where mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. go into a lounge and the workers are all standing around, maybe having a drink, and you one by one sort of, you know, walk over and have a chat and whatever. I, and I'm just explaining this for people who might not have been to a brothel. And then there's the, the other sort of intro in Australia, which is where you go into a room and one by one each worker comes in and has a quick chat to you, introduces himself, maybe talks about their specialties, and then um, and then leaves the room and another or worker comes in. the third one is that the client walks around to the workers' rooms. Oh, I've not heard of Yeah, that's the only oh. way I've worked. I didn't realise other – yeah. Oh, I've never heard so of So where that. each worker has their own room and you stay wow. in your room or you have to be in your room when, there's an, when somebody arrives – and then the um, yeah the client will walk around, knock on each of the doors. That's crazy. And have a little chat, and then they go back and knock on the door of the person they want to stay with. That seems wild to me, wildly. I yeah. really like it. Yeah, I think it sounds yeah interesting. I, I much prefer it to a, a parade. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, in this state they just had each woman do like a little strut up and stand in front of a man and then go and get in a lineup. And it was just the, the body language from the workers was really, they looked miserable. Like they didn't want to be there. And I don't know if that's because there was a camera there and that they yeah. maybe have just had to do it five times for the camera or who knows what. Yeah. But in general, that style of intro was really gross. And the, uh, yeah, it just, it just had such a bad vibe. And then you have to just pick from like a lineup of workers. Uh, just, I think as well for me, and this is, you know, this is why I'm so independent and I don't work in a brothel, but the way I think it was Suzanne was like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Coaching them on how to do their intro. 
God. And like, no, I'm I'm the one booking these people. I'm yeah. the one earning the money. And I've never had that in a brothel. Like they just let me introduce myself however I wanted yeah. to. And that's how I think it should be. Yes. Um, if I had to come in and be like, hi, I'm Jenna. Like, oh, what? No. It was so, so weird. Toddlers and tiaras. It, it was. It was so very pageanty. And you're yeah. right. Maybe that's partly because there was a camera crew there. But, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't was into it. really uncomfortable. And, yeah, I feel like a lot of the intros in brothels, you're sort of charming a client. And mm. I feel like when you're walking up to them, standing in front and doing a little pose, you lose a lot of that sincerity, sincerity and intimacy Definitely. and connection yeah. that, that happens. And you've got to have a little chat. You have to just say your name and yeah. stand there. But what are they getting out of that? Yeah, felt silly. Who misses free and affordable ads without all the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists based out of NAM, Australia, who have a specialised understanding of the complex challenges workers face and are dedicated to providing solutions to amplify their voices. Assembly 4 was founded on the belief that impact is more important than profit. They strongly believe that having the ability to make decisions about our bodies and sexual lives is a fundamental human right. Anyone should be able to make these choices without fear, violence or discrimination. Sex workers are still fighting for this right. Trist.link is a directory that lists thousands of independent adult entertainers, escorts, BDSM, kink, video, massage and much more. They also have a huge amount of educational resources and blog posts about the sex industry that are well worth a look. Check out their website assembly4.com, that's for the word, not the number, for more info. Uh, how about that now I'm just getting into little things that I, I noticed that I was like, love it. What the fuck? Go for it, babe. What about when Emily told the client Malcolm, she said, oh, you yeah, just keep the pillows on the bed and then he takes them off and then he starts whinging about the drop sheet. Yes. And I was like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. It was so annoying. Yeah, she literally he said, he said, what about the pillows? And she said, I'll just leave them. And he took yeah. Are you listening? No, obviously not. And then, and so he left the drop sheet there, but then was like, oh, what? Yeah, no, I don't like that. Like, what problem with it? I was like, what's your problem? (sighs) Hygiene? You got an issue with hygiene, babe? So frustrating. Uh, I think I did notice that at one point Susan said, um, girls give away a piece of their soul every booking. And I feel like that's really gross, but I'm going to give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt here. And I think what she meant, because she said they give away a piece of their soul every booking and sometimes they need some time to recharge. And I think what she meant was burnout. I think what she meant Mm -hmm. was that you give so much of yourself and your energy and that you need some time away from it sometimes Mm -hmm. to to build that up again. And Mm -hmm. I think the phrasing of giving away a piece of your soul Mm -hmm. is very dramatic. And I think it plays into a lot of stupid stereotypes. But I'm, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think, uh, yeah, that burnout is real and it's always been real. And I think particularly with sex work, it can be very demanding. And so I'm hoping that's what she, mm. what she was mm. talking about. How tacky was the place? $4 million in 2003 oh. they spent on this place. Hideous. Awful. No, Awful. So young. No vibe. The, the rooms, the working rooms were so ugly. They were hideous. Cornered mirrors in the court, jammed into Not the Not even, like... Like what oh. I was expecting would be tacky brothel. Yes, it wasn't I even that. Tacky brothel. It was yeah. like student accommodation. It was yes. Yeah, it was like a like, hostel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if everything Four had million. been like a lot of the brothels I've been in in Australia, right? Yeah. I've a lot. I've only been in a handful, and I've been like, oh, this is some this is some tacky brothel decor. Love it. But I'd rather that mm. than yeah. It looked like yeah. they were yeah living away from home for the first time. Yeah, and. And like a bed against the wall, yeah, even in the middle of the room. That was wild. And like the sheets and stuff were not like plain colours. So like that floral, yeah. Oh, it was so yeah. gross. Yeah. And even the uh, the bar, the intro bar thing was the furniture was just it, for four million dollars mm. twenty years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mind you. It was. Yeah, and you're right. Awful. No atmosphere. No it vibe. Like, it was. Yeah. And the pool area looked like shit. Yeah. Like it was just, it didn't look finished. It's garbage. And I know they were just open, but it, so it should have been finished then, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Agreed. gross. Agreed. Um, I think Haley was playing a power game with the the massage with Louis. I think that that was that was very much a power. I game. don't know what was happening there. Mm. Mm. 
I couldn't make I didn't I didn't know what we were seeing I didn't feel comfortable I didn't like I don't I don't know what was happening there it was very and the whole thing just felt because the camera was there yeah so none of it it felt fake just call me Louie but it felt like I was like what's the like what is the end game here there can be no end game because you've got cameramen in the room Mm. sorry camera people in the room I mean what's I think it was power I think she just wanted to uh to to put him in an uncomfortable position Mm. uh and but mad respect for her being like, you can pay me if you want to spend absolutely. more time with me. Yeah, mad yeah. respect for and that. And I think that's another part of it is that, you know, you're at a brothel for how many hours a day mm. and these guys are hanging around and you're not making any money off them. Yeah. And you go, you know what? You can chuck me a few bucks. Yeah. So book me. I love that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's what it's about, babe. Definitely. Get on it. <laughs> Sex workers were, they do not kiss in the brothels there. It's, it's such mm-hmm. a it's mm-hmm. such an old sex worker trope. Mm. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist anywhere now. Lots of people choose to kiss and not kiss. but mm. uh, And also I noticed just in general that GFE was like an extra. It was like a premium service. Yeah. For These days GFE, not so much in brothels, but it is very much the standard. Uh, and it's just interesting hearing how a lot of the sex workers were like, oh, I would never kiss my clients. Or, oh, I do. Mm. No, only mm. very rarely. And uh, and uh, Humping Hank, you know, he, he mm. only kisses. Mm. Um, I don't want to know why if he doesn't have sex, why he's called Humping Hank. That's right. I was like, what? But he should be kissing him. Is he kissing and humping? I, I guess know. it's humping with clothes on maybe or something. I mean, it's shot, but the visual I know. Is, <laughs> is not impressive. Uh, yeah, I found that a really mm. interesting thing. I find that. it interesting that because for me, right, like, yeah, I know plenty of workers who don't like to kiss clients or they might be selective about it. And, and yeah, more so in brothels, people that, that choose not to kiss clients or don't offer that as a service or charge extra if they do, whatever. And in my experience, usually that's because they don't particularly enjoy kissing clients. Cool. No worries. But the rhetoric that I felt echoed in this show was the, oh, that's too personal. Mm, that's the, and I, I don't know what that means. Uh, You'll have a cock in your ass, but you won't kiss someone? Like, babe, what are you talking about? And that's fine. Everyone has their own different levels of what they think is too personal and stuff. But to me, that's just something people say. They go, oh, no, but kissing's personal. And I'm like, okay, okay, but you, you literally have your penis inside me. Like, cool, you can feel that way. But I just don't know if anyone, if everyone who says that actually yeah. feels that way Fair or if they're just saying it because that's what people say. Yeah. That's all. I mean, I don't understand why kissing has to, and it might feel that way for some people, yeah. but why are we putting that on a pedestal above well, something else? I think it's you know? nice to have something still be sacred. I think totally. like a lot of the time in sex sure. work you feel like you give people a lot of access to your body and it's really nice mm. to have something that you can say, no, I don't do this and I save this for my personal life. And you can't do that with your pussy in sex work much. I mean, you yes. can, yeah. but that's what a lot of people are paying for is mm. that. So if you can hold one thing back for yeah, yourself. Sure. Maybe. And that's it. And that's everyone's prerogative. Sure. It's just that I, I don't, I, to me, it adds to that stigma of sure. you don't kiss p words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you know, there's no feeling. It's all fake. It's just sex. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think that's a really helpful line of thinking, even though it, that may apply to individuals. Sure. I don't love it as a broad thing. Definitely. Uh, the uh, the pedophiles discussion with. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Can't believe we've taken this long to get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, first of all, she's a klepto. <laughs> She's, like, she's some kind of maniac. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Isn't she adorable? She was very oh, endearing. Wow. She wow. was very, very sweet. Just um, some kind of maniac. <laughs> I have heard that sort of thing in brothels before mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, oh, well, if the, if the pedophiles come here and they see that they're not out doing things to kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I think it's a, a really fucked up view. And oh, God, it would be. Oh, I don't think it's true. Look, no. Well, that's the thing. Are because if. Yeah, yeah, we could do a whole episode on 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 sex offenders, I suppose. I'm we're not going to go there, but I think I guess what I'm saying is, is there's a lot we could sit here and debate and discuss about it. I think you know that sort of thing is a, is a mental health issue, and I think it's very sad that people have that uh, proclivity. Uh, I don't think going to brothels is a way to deal with it, um, no. and I think that the that that framing it as an acceptable thing is mm. is really yeah. Sex workers should not be the scapegoats. <sighs> yeah, for that. I think that's really sad. Um, but I've I've seen it, and I've I know that when I was younger, this is this is dark life. I've contact warning. Mm. Uh, I, I know that I had uh, clients who had fantasies that were mm, very borderline, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
and it's dark and uh, and it's sad that, that that's a perspective that that we I don't know I guess as a society we we want to we want to understand people and we also want to justify our work sometimes and we and, and when you really need money maybe you you let things slide or you mm. you don't feel like you know I don't have all the answers who am I to say that this guy is there's something wrong with him yeah, it's, it's just really hard. And, and a lot of people might think it's really clear lines in life and that, you know, well, it's obvious if somebody – yeah, but if, if there's, there's so many grey areas that lead from – like somebody might just like really petite women and somebody mm-hmm. might like – and it, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't – Well, this is the thing. For my, my take on that conversation was, well, you're talking about people who are coming to a place where they know everyone's an over 18 or yes. 20 – I don't probably 21 because they have drinking there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and yes, they are picking somebody who does, she does look very young um, and she has a very young demeanor about her, which I think is even more important than just the way she looks. But that's very different to somebody who's seeking out someone underage. Yeah. Like, I think that there's a difference there. I think that there is gray area there. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. I don't want anyone listening and going, oh, you're making excuses. You're a a pedophile apologist, Holly. Um, But, (laughs) uh, but uh, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's really, really complicated. Calling somebody who chooses to have sex with somebody 21, who's 21, a pedophile, I don't know if that's a great call. 100%. Because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they are. That's no, they're not. No, no. They're not based on that interaction anyway. Not at all. That's exactly so, what I'm trying to, exactly yeah. what I'm trying to articulate. Yeah. Thank you. Is that, yeah, we, we, I don't know. I don't know. No. You know, I'm not here to diagnose. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, but it, it um, um, they, they were pointing out that the being really young looking is a, a big bonus in brothels mm. um, and how that, that goes really well and how, how great that is. And, um, and then that is true. Mm. Uh, I, I think there's nothing wrong with looking young, but it, it is a it is an interesting thing. And the fact that they had, they were so ready to talk, like oh, that made me uncomfortable, the way that she was, like Suzanne so was just flippant. like, oh, it's great, she's a money maker. Like I was like, oh, okay, well, ooh, I don't know. I really did like the name Humping Hank. I think that, that was funny how they – they show that they've got this name for him and uh, and that's something that was really common in my day in Bobbles because oh, yeah. you'd know everyone, that's that guy and that's this yeah. guy and they yeah. had their little names yeah. and uh, and they were not derogatory or anything. It mm-hmm. wasn't uh, disparaging about clients or anything. Um, sometimes they, they could be a little bit cheeky, uh, but, yeah, it, it's mm. sort of really cute. Um, uh, Mr. Love and I have names for, like, almost all my clients. Well, I think I've got a few. Yeah, we do, do too. Yeah. And they're not, yeah, I think like it's really, I mean, Humping Hank does sound not derogatory, mm. but it's not like a super flattering nickname, is it? <laughs> but I'll share some with you, right? Um, like I have T-shirt guy. Yeah. And when Mr. Love's like, who you see, you know, because he sees the name, like we share the calendar, so he sees their names, but he doesn't connect it as much. And I'll be like, oh, that's T-shirt guy. And that's because this guy bought Mr. Love a bunch of T-shirts one oh, time. Yeah. Like, so random. Yeah. It's T-shirt guy. Like, that's just what we yeah. remember him as. Yeah. Another one is hotel guy. And it's because it's this client of mine who loves staying in hotels. And we, he always books a different place. And he always books, like, the penthouse. And, like, he's just Cute. really into the hotel experience. So, like, yeah, I think when people think nicknames, they think they're probably yeah. derogatory or um, or very, like, sexual or personal. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of ours are just randomly based on yeah. one thing that popped up the first time I saw them or something. And so that's what we – that's how Mr. Love remembers them. Definitely. One of mine in the brothel was swimsuit guy because yep. his kink was swimsuits. There you and go. Yep. Uh, another one was spanky. Well, I bet you can't guess what he was into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's just sort of cute seeing it, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, not that I would think that we've just only invented nicknames, but, uh, yeah, it was just really – there's something about brothels that you just you don't get anywhere else, and seeing that sort of uh, mm. that sort of thing is is really pleasant and and real. That's a real view of of what, what being in a brothel is like. And I just remembered one of mine at the last brothel I worked at. They called my boyfriend because they knew I got a bit a bit butterfly. So they'd be like, Jenny, your boyfriend's here, and I'd be like, Oh, and they knew. Like it was very cute. <laughs> that is cute. Yeah. Um, the listening in on their negotiations. Mm. Didn't love that. No. I, I don't know if that yeah. happens anywhere in Australia, but I certainly haven't experienced yeah. it. I thought it's set, like it's that thing of, you know, you've got to, you've got to give, like I just don't believe in spying on people and assuming the worst. Yeah. And they were very like, yeah, well, they'll just steal from us. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't know. And I, I guess because the, the most brothels I've been in, the system is that the client pays the set rate by the house. 
Um, and then tips, whatever else you negotiate beyond that is between you and the client. Um, and that's obviously not the case there. No. Because they were, so I thought, yeah. oh, that's a bit shit. And considering what I've heard, their rates are, they are so expensive. Those Nevada brothels are huge. So expensive. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And a lot more expensive than seeing a private worker in the US. Yeah. Which is shocking to me. Incredibly expensive, yeah. For an experience in that tacky room? Like, what? Tacky, yeah. While people are listening in and you're doing a health check? Like, are you serious? You're paying top dollar for that? Oh, it was very uncomfortable. I I hated the idea. Who knows if they still do it today, but it was. uh, Mm. Yeah, maybe they don't. That's true. Um, Yeah, and just. Sorry, that's not. This wasn't covered in the documentary, but I remember reading on Reddit at some point. I was in some sex worker group, and someone was talking about how seeing private workers is cheaper. I imagine they get more, you know, obviously they get the full cut generally. Yeah. But I was like, hold on, what? Because it's completely the opposite. Well, not completely the opposite, but for the most part, it's the opposite here. Mm. So that really, really shocked me. And I remember when I was. There was a time when I was working in a brothel and privately at the same time, and my private rates were lower than the brothel rates. Mm. Um, Obviously, I was getting less at the brothel. And I thought, I was like, this is such a ripoff because they could see me privately for more and have a way better experience and not get a buzzer going off, you know. Um, So the fact that that's just standard there, yeah, that just blew my mind. Mm. But, um, you know, different cultures and different, you know, the industries have grown differently. And I imagine their licensing is very expensive, especially if they're serving alcohol. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, like the bar in the brothel? Yeah, fine. I I think it's really interesting in Australia how that is dealt with differently in different states, like Mm -hmm. in in America. Sorry. In in Queensland, you cannot have alcohol on the premises. Uh, Here in Canberra, uh, it's, it's quite hard for a brothel to get a liquor license they they do you can mm-hmm. um but then there are there's ways to skirt certain things and uh and i'm sure a lot of people break rules uh, yeah. and it's not enforced very much i think in the act uh as opposed to queensland where sex workers are targeted a lot more drinking in a brothel was one of my favorite things i in a healthy way i mm-hmm. i really loved getting a few wines, getting a little bit of a buzz. I'd be a little bit cheekier during my bookings. I was a little bit more up for adventure. And I don't mean that. I think people could read that as a lot of red flags and go, oh, she was doing things she wasn't comfortable with. She was being exploited. You know, I was making your own choices. I was a young adult having a fun time. And I genuinely was was doing great. Um, There is obviously room, though, for people to, to... get themselves in trouble. And I suppose you can do that in any environment. On, and if hmm. you're going to abuse a substance, you can abuse it anywhere. And yeah. it's, I guess it's not the, the brothel's responsibility to manage people's substance abuse or to, to mitigate those risks in any massive ways. You're a contractor and you're there to, to work, uh, you know, in their premises. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think having a bar in a brothel is actually quite cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I personally would not be comfortable working at a brothel where there was a bar, mm-hmm. um, but that's because I personally am not very comfortable in bars <laughs> and I'm not like I've got my issues around alcohol. So um, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. And I, you know, my website really explicitly states that I, I don't see clients who have been drinking. Mm-hmm. I will see clients who bring alcohol with them and will, will consume alcohol during the booking. Mm. Um, it's not unusual for, especially I find my female clients to want to have a couple of wines or something to relax. And I've got absolutely no issue with that. But if somebody turns up and they're intoxicated, um, I won't be able to go ahead with it. And that's not about them. That's about me. Um, so I know for me, I couldn't do that. Uh, and that's not a judgment on it. It's just not for me. Um, I know. So the first brothel I worked in didn't have, and I don't even know what the laws are in New South Wales, to be honest, which I probably should, but I don't. Um, and then the second place I went to, um, you could buy, the client could buy a beer or a wine or whatever, and they were, I'm pretty sure, way too expensive. And they were just in like a little – so I'm assuming they didn't have a license. It's Ooh, like I think yeah. it was, you know. Sneaky, um, sneaky. And that I was fine with because it would be – you could offer them a drink and you cut like if I if I didn't bring it up, they probably weren't likely to. Or the people that had been there before might say, "Oh, could I have?" And there was also like juice, which is cute. And it would be what like they'd say, "Oh, could I get a beer?" And you take the money off them and go and get one beer. Yeah. And like that, I was I was comfortable with that, but I wasn't really like, "Oh, there's alcohol," because I'm a loser. But I was like, "Oh, there's hmm, there's alcohol here." But um, but for most people, yeah. Anyway. 
Uh, so that's uh, that's the gist. I did uh, look at the the book that Louis wrote uh, when he went back, and, and just for an update, Haley, when he last saw her, had found God. Oh, okay. She had left the brothel. She'd she'd fallen in love as well, um, and uh, he was with God. Well, with God, but <laughs> she'd also met a human man, and uh, she was quite hopeful for the future. But he was quite uncomfortable with. Uh, she was stripping at the time, so mm. she she was trying to do that, and he was uncomfortable with it. And it was a, a oh. sort of I don't know if she she quite found her way. And I think to this day, people don't really you know the internet doesn't really know where she is. She's she's uh, a lot more private, I think. And uh, I just hope she's all right. And I hope yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, but it's so funny, right? Like because some people would hear they go, oh, she's found God, thank goodness. Mm. And I hear that and I go, oh fuck. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's, we've all got our different experiences and what we think is the right path or whatever that's the it. fuck. And yeah. I don't think there is a right path, but I surely, I just, uh, I don't know, the, the idea of somebody who has worked in the sex industry then finding God, um, I just, maybe I'm making things up, but I just feel like there would be so much shaming yeah. and guilt. Um, being put on her either by herself or the, the people around her in that community. So I, I don't love the idea of that. But if it makes her happy, then great. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. I uh, Overall, uh, do we think it was a harmful portrayal of sex workers and sex work? I think, yes. I, think, I don't think it was intentionally. Like it, it's nothing against the people who made it. But my takeaway is overall I felt really yuck watching it and I thought, I don't think it did good for the industry and the people in it. What do you think? I think neutral. I, mm. I don't think it did mm. harm at all. Um, I think, you know, I think the, the any harmful views that were expressed in it were just the the status quo at the time and I think, you know, it wasn't like there was anything that was shown that, that really that I, I felt was harmful basically um, to, sorry, to the broader sex work community or to sex work uh, perceptions. Um, possibly harmful to Haley, which which mm-hmm. is a whole other thing that yeah. I was very uncomfortable with. Uh, but yeah, in terms of to sex work, I don't think it was harmful. I don't think it was positive. I don't think it, it did anything to uh, uh, break any ground. Uh, but maybe even even twenty years ago, just exposing people to the idea that sex work exists and just putting it forward not as the fishnet stockings woman leading in a car um, stigma fueled. Um, sensationalized view that, that that was around at the time and that had prevailed for many years. Maybe maybe that was a positive. So, uh, not having been aware of this sort of stuff at the time that it was made, I, I'm not really sure. But I'm I feel neutral. So hmm. yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I should mention that I did, like I watched this the other day, and I was because te- Holly had seen it before. But I was texting her and I was like, I don't know if I can keep watching this. And I don't even, I can't even tell you what it, it's not that I was like personally offended, but like 20 minutes in, I was like, just, I just wanted to turn it on. And I did, I paused it and had to come back to it later because I just so didn't want to watch it. I don't know. I really, I, I found Louis a bit insufferable and I, I, I'm totally get what you're saying about him being younger and newer to it then. But just this, like, mock outrage, I was like, oh, my God, shut up. So, I don't know. I felt weird about it. I didn't love it. But that's okay. So let us know what you think. Go and check it out wherever you check it out uh, and uh, give us your opinions. We'd like to hear how you guys felt or if there's anything you observed that you felt outraged or entertained or, um, yeah, that you had opinions on. For our Aussie listeners, it is on Stan if you have that. Mm. Don't know about anyone else. Good luck. it's time for us to thank our extraordinary patrons we adore you all we have three new very generous somebodies this week they are ian re and bianca i love you re (laughs) we'd like to thank our even more generous somebodies lachlan timmy steve our footstool james e scott c our secret admirer Andrew, Adam Smith, Leslie, Ellen, Sub London, Scott Watson, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Andrew, Wheezy, Fritz Your Tits, Mr. E, Brandon, Simon, Alfie, Skippy, Greenie, Ophelia Parker, Aaron, Cobber, Nomad, and Rhiannon Rhodes. 
and our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Pete, Andrew, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adam Moore, Wombat, Josh, and Sergio. Thanks for joining us on the couch this week while we, uh, I don't know, sat around and told you all about what we think about things. I know you have to endure us talking about our opinions again. Why? Why would you listen to this show if you don't enjoy listening to our opinions, you silly goose? Well, I'm glad you did, and I hope you do next time. Um, in case you haven't known, what are we up to, episode 45? Um, we are really bad at sign-offs. So, right. What do you, you think that was bad? That was awful. Oh, it was really cute. Mm, okay. I like a little bit of amusement at the end. I feel like people get to the end. Maybe yeah, amusement's can't. fine, but that wasn't amusing. I think it was amusing. <laughs> Let us know if you think that was amusing. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Uh, no, right. but we love you guys. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is somebody you pod as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker.